Hello and welcome to Louisville's Best Podcast, a podcast about all things intelligent. <laughs> or not. Either way, you are Louisville's best listeners, and thank you so much for joining us. I know the Louisville podcast market is getting crowded. Is it? Uh, I've seen like two or three recently. Well, I know some guys who've started one that Carla, uh, Carla listened to the other day. Yeah. I still got to get used to changing between cameras here. It's all right. It looked right. really good tonight. The cameras look good. We're going to try yeah. to get this one out tonight. We're going to uh, try to get this one out if it works right. Somebody so. at church told me they have a podcast. Who? Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy said he actually built a miniature studio in his, oh, his basement. Is that the TikTok guy? No, no, no. He does a podcast with the TikTok guy. Oh yeah, it's well, the guy that filmed you the second night. Yeah, but we don't we don't need a we no don't no need a studio. no. I, we, we got one of the John. This is basements. this is the studio. Yeah, this is the studio. Well, I'm excited because uh, three of us on tonight, but mixing it up as Brian is hibernating currently. <laughs> he's leaving for Disney at like four in the morning, so he's in hibernation mode, prepping for that. Charlie is dog sitting, but Aaron's back. Aaron, how are you, buddy? I'm doing really good. But my headphones keep going in and out about every. So I hear about ten seconds, and then you'll go quiet. So well, we'll see how this podcast. All right. Well, go. well, Aaron, let me ask you a question. <laughs> We're going to talk about yeah. Indiana Jones tonight. Your favorite. Uh huh. Yeah. If Harrison Ford was not Indiana Jones, what actor do you think would have been good in that role? <laughs> really starting off with the hard um, questions. <laughs> Well, you know, Tom Selleck was up for the role. He turned. He mm. he, uh, he was uh, couldn't do it because he was already doing Magnum PI, so he turned him down. He was their first pick. If um, my, if I'm thinking about Tom Selleck and why he wouldn't work in the role, is because I just don't think Indiana Jones pants should be that high. <laughs> That's, That's my. I can't picture Indiana Jones with shorts though, that high. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about pants up to like right below his uh, his chest, as as Magnum wears yeah. them. But anyways, uh, any uh, anybody so else besides hearing? Okay. Uh, like a uh, if they recast him today, I, I I hear Chris Pratt's name thrown around. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm just about Chris Pratted out. Give me Chris Pine. So, so speaking of Chris Pratt, r- real quick. Uh, there's a new Garfield movie coming out next year. <laughs> Chris Pratt is going to be Garfield, and Samuel Jackson's playing his dad. His dad? Yes. I'm reading it today. Why does Garf- Garfield has a dad? What? Why does he need a dad? I would rather I'd rather Samuel Jackson be John. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid cat! <laughs> All right, John. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Excited. How's summer break treating you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's not too bad. Not too shabby, as they would like to say. Yeah, John. Uh, yeah. Back in the day when Indiana Jones first started, who would you have liked, if not Harrison Ford? Who would have been your second choice? See, that's a tough one. It is because you got to go. Um, you got to go back to like the you know that time. You got to go back to the 1980s. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Burt Reynolds. Oh. <laughs> Hey. Reynolds. I mean the the younger Burt Reynolds, not yeah. the not the um, not the uh, Smokey and the Bandit Burt Reynolds with the mustache. I'm talking about the Deliverance. Okay, okay. Burt Reynolds. That's that's who I would go with. Can I throw out a, can I throw out another one? Sure. Uh, how about Peter Weller? Buckaroo Bonsai. I think he would have been too rigid, wooden. That would be like the guy from Oppenheimer playing him today. Oh, um, 
The Scarecrow. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I can't remember the Scarecrow's name either. I can't wait for that movie to come out. John is so excited. I am so ready for Oppenheimer. It's not even going to be. Not even going to be. I'm going to wear the hat. I'm going to get. Do what? I'm excited for Oppenheimer. I'm excited for Barbie. You know, that's how it goes. Uh, Aaron, are you actually excited for Barbie? Kind of. I here's the thing. I don't know if I'll see it theater. Yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing about the Barbie movie. I I don't know I don't know what it's trying to be cuz I've seen like more kitty type previews and then I've seen a lot of innuendo previews and then I've seen where it's a fish out of water movie. I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to expect from the Barbie movie. Uh other than a I, lot I of pink. Like I feel like it's going to be a mix between the Brady Bunch movie and the Lego movie. Mm. You're not, you're not selling it well to me, Aaron. <laughs> you're not, you're not doing well, but maybe I'll watch it at some point when I'm in a, uh, sinus infection induced coma. I'll be like, Oh yeah, the yeah, Barbie right. movie's on. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Cillian Murphy is the guy from Hawkeye. Yes, Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, John and, and Brian and I went and watched Indiana Jones this week, and playing in the theater next to us at the same time was the Flash movie, and there were moments where the Flash movie was so loud, I it was distracting from the uh, from the Indiana Jones. Movie. I'm surprised that people that went and saw the Flash movie even have any sense of hearing after that because it was was insane. Let me tell you, I went to see Flash in theater and it was the loudest movie. ah, Me and Charlie, yeah. It was going... (laughs) There were parts with... with, uh, when Indiana Jones is like, my son joined the army, and it's, and it's like, what are you saying? What is going on? And Brian's just sitting there loving it. He's just like, this is amazing. I'm telling you, Brian cried his eyes out yeah, it during was, Indiana Jones. I it think. was insane. But uh, so we're going to talk a little Indiana Jones tonight. But before we do that, John's going to take us into his favorite segment. Uh, he's got some news of the week, right, John? Is oh, that what yes. you're doing? Oh, yes. Got one news story for the week. News of the weird. Yeah, like news of the weird, Aaron. This is your first time being on the pod since we introduced news of the weird. Are you excited, Aaron? I'm, I'm thrilled. Yes, I can <laughs> tell. I can tell. All right, John, lay it on All us. Right, news so of the week. Last, wait, last one, Aaron, was about a dog that broke the Guinness Book of Record for active longest tongue. He was. But it was only like three inches. And so John, Brian and I lost our minds because that just doesn't seem right. Because then the dog's tongue was actually like a foot long. I don't know. Anyways, but here we go. All right. So tonight's story comes from, um, once again, it comes from Reuters. Family pet lost 30 years ago, found alive in a home attic. 30? I, I kid you not. This is a 30-year-old you, pet. I got so many questions already. It is an amazing story. When a pet goes missing, <laughs> owners will do everything to find them. Except check the attic. <laughs> From offering a reward to hanging posters across neighborhoods. Okay. Uh, sometimes their efforts pay off and animals wind up reunited with the families, but sadly, other times, they're never seen again. I don't know how many times I've wanted our dog to be one that has never been seen again, but... <laughs> If anybody wants a dog, let me know. It's well documented, your feelings on the dog. With each passing day not being found, possibly locating a lost pet can get smaller and smaller. However, once in a while, there's a happy ending, occasionally coming even years after the pet has gone missing. But nothing like what happened to one family. An incredible 30 years after losing their beloved pet, it was found alive. And it turned out 
all that time it was right above their heads in their attic. So how did it live for so long without help? Well, the pet that went missing was a tortoise in Rio de Janeiro <laughs> named Manuela. How did the turtle get in the attic? That's that is the that is the question that is how not did answered. he move fast enough to be missing? I'm sure they see him walking away. <laughs> I got so many. I got even more questions. The, the turtle's like, "I'll be back." And they're like, "Hey, where's Manuela?" Like, I don't know. He's climbed somewhere. Surely he didn't climb the stairs. Yes. Her family, it's a girl, not a he, gentlemen. Her family figured Emanuela had got out while they were having electrical work done in the house. It's a fast, it's a fast, fast turtle. What is it called? It's Aaron's son oh. making noises. I don't know what's going on. They did exhaustive searches. Oh, is he tied to the fence or something? I think, I think they're shocking him. Oh, that's all right. They did exhaustive searches for her, but after some time, mourned her and moved on with their lives. Aside from fond memories, they did not think much about Manuela until three decades later when the family patriarch passed away. At that point, the family members went to the attic to clean out some of his belongings, and that's when they discovered Manuela in an old wooden speaker box, alive and well. What did the tortoise eat? I don't know. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. I guess it was just bugs. I guess it was just bugs and stuff. <laughs> in a speaker box. In a speaker box. So apparently they're like, hey, move that old speaker box upstairs. And Manuela's like, what? He's <laughs> hibernating for yeah, 30 years. Woke up and they're... they're, they're so they're, maybe during the electrical work, one of the workers is like, I'm going to take this tortoise home <laughs> with me. And he hit him in the box and then he forgot and it got taken upstairs. That's my, uh, that's my story, John, that I've made up about Manuela, yeah, maybe, maybe. So Aaron, was- do you recall as children when we used to have box turtles as pets? Yeah, yeah. Um, they all got, they all went blind. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> they would. They would get this crazy eye infection, and then of course, mom would like be like, "Don't touch the turtles," and then touch your face. You'll you're gonna die. Mom would threaten us to the point now that like I'm. I kind of have an irrational fear of touching turtles. <laughs> well, it was the whole, um, you're going to get salmonella. Yeah. That was the whole thing. In your eyeball. We had one when I was a kid. My dad found an old yeah. box turtle and brought him, brought him home. Yeah. We kept him for like a day or two, and then my dad was finally like, he's got to go to the park. We, we lived next to Waverly Park. Yeah. So we took him up there. Before we did, we, we like painted his shell with our names. So totally like broke his camouflage. So anything. Wow. You guys ruined that turtle. He probably... <laughs> resides as a spirit in Waverly Hills now. Yeah, he's up there in Waverly Hills. He's up there going, John. I'm like, Boring! Tortoise? Tortoise, is that you? He's like, no, it's Manuela. I'm coming. (laughs) No, Manuela's not dead. Oh, that's right. Manuela's not. He's in your attic. And the poor poor dad or the grandpa never, never found out. He never got closure. (laughs) He never got closure. (laughs) He never got to close that out. I mean, could you imagine that? The tortoise got closure. He got closure in the box. (laughs) It's like, we're sorry, Papa. He's like, sorry you've gone. He's on his deathbed. He's like, what is Manuela? Tell Manuela that I love her. If you ever see her again, <laughs> you ever see her. make sure. That's a terrible Rio like de Janeiro. <laughs> they speak Portuguese, not Spanish in Rio de Janeiro. We're just making it up yeah. as we go. But please, please, please keep on your... His, his uh, last words were, speaker box. And everybody's like, what does that mean? What does it what, mean? What are you talking about, Papa? What does it mean? <laughs> Secretly, he had been going up up to the attic the entire 30 years and feeding <laughs> Manuela on, on his deathbed. Speaking of... He's like, this is the greatest spectacle joke ever. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, they... And the turtle will be up there laughing. 
curiously, they found it right next to 150 million pennies. So <laughs> that, that's a that's a reference to the last oh, podcast yeah. or two podcasts, two podcasts to go, two podcasts ago because that was the one where we had the dog with the with the 35 centimeter tongue or something. <laughs> I can't remember. It's a good story. You and Brian just can't hashed even it. see it. You hashed it up. Oh uh, well, as we've been kind of hinting to, we watched Indiana Jones this week, except for Aaron, who is boycotting all movies. I think for the rest of eternity, besides the Barbie movie, it's just Disney movies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, first off, I want to say right off the bat. John and I both went in with very low expectations. I went in with the absolute lowest expectations you could possibly ever imagine for a movie. <laughs> yeah. To the fact that one night we were at a vacation Bible school, me and Brian were standing there in the foyer, and it almost, almost came to a fist fight. Because he was like, hey, man, hey, I'm going to go see it. Do you want to go with me? I was like, I don't want to see that. What do you mean you don't want to see it? Yeah, Brian got mad. And, and Brian got really, really. I was surprised he invited you again. Yeah, he did. He did. I was, yeah. I was very, I was very shocked, but he I did. Was like John agreed to go. I did. Well, yeah. it was with you guys, and yeah. I didn't have anything else to do that morning. <laughs> well, because John was like, something, please come up, anything. <laughs> no, I, I had actually been the night. We'd actually been down to the farm, and we were going to spend an extra night. And Susie had a friend go with her, and her friend got like. I mean, like six, six. Yeah. So we had to come home that evening. So I didn't have anything on my plate. And Brian texts me and goes, hey, man, because, you know, our yeah. wives talk Constantly. like crazy. Yeah. So he's like, hey, man, I heard your, I heard your plans change. I heard change. you're back. Me and, me and Tim are going to see Indiana Jones in the morning. You want to go? And I told Carl, I guess I'll go. Yeah. I'll go with the guys. Yeah. Then you said 930. I was like, good night. Yeah. What time? Yeah. But that was good. It was good because that Brian, movie was. Brian goes hard. Oh, it was a long oh. movie. My wife texts me afterwards, and she's like, I kept checking your location and making sure you were still at the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It um, was super long. And so, low expectations, but surprisingly, not a bad Indiana Jones movie. It wasn't too bad. How did you put it? Better than Crystal Skull and twice as long? Yeah. Is that the way you put it? Yeah, better than Crystal Skull and twice as long. Yeah, so... wow. Ex- I think no. I think I said it was twice as good as Crystal Skull and twice as long. Yeah, I think that, that may be what you said. <laughs> okay, so I, I heard. Uh, I was supposed to say I heard the movie described as this band that was really great in the '80s, and all of the members have died except for one guy who's who's still performing, and he's not quite as good as he was in the '80s. And it's it's kind of the same, but it's not quite the same. You, you know, I, I've got this in our good, bad, and ugly. I was very impressed with Harrison Ford's performance of Indiana Jones in this movie. I, I, I I'm going to give, like I'm going to get, I'm going to give away my good here for later on. I feel like the last few movies I've seen Harrison Ford in, he kind of has melded in at times. Like he just is playing the same like ugh, ugh, guy, like like in the Star Wars movie. But like I felt like he genuinely was trying to make a good Indiana Jones movie, uh, and, and and I was I was, I liked it. I liked Harrison Ford's role in it. So yes, everybody else may have died away, but he still put on a good show, in my opinion. Um, now the rest of the characters I have some problems with, which I've already expressed to John. But a uh, long, long movie. But I, I think it was a lot better than Crystal Skull. I know John's an apologist of Crystal Skull. But uh, I thought it was good. Well, <sighs> Crystal Skull had a lot of faults. Yeah. 
Okay, it had a lot of thoughts. But overall, it's, I, here we're giving away stuff we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. I I, I didn't dislike the storyline of Crystal Skull. Okay. I didn't have a problem with that because, as we just said a few minutes ago, I think before we even got started here, okay, first Indiana Jones movie, you got angels flying out of the ark and people's faces melting. Second one, the guy's pulling a heart out of the guy's voodoo dolls and these stones that make things come to life. Right. Third one, you got the Holy Grail and a, and a thousand-year-old monk who somehow stayed alive with it. So if you can't, a tortoise. Yeah. yeah he's living <laughs> in a box there. But you can't sit here and say, oh my goodness, Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny are so ridiculous. Okay, all of them are ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. the point of them. They're, they're, yeah. they're that type of movie. So you got to kind of throw that off to the side, okay? Because that's what makes them great is how yeah. ridiculous they yeah. are. And so anyway, I didn't really find this to be... Preposterous. It wasn't preposterous. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, we're probably going to be one of the only podcasts that I've heard of or even YouTube channels that, that I've watched in the last couple of weeks that have anything good to say yeah. about this. Everybody is just slamming it. Well, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be slammed because it yeah. wasn't the worst. It was better in some ways than Crystal Skull, but then there were other things in it that were like, good gosh, man. Yeah, there was a lot of law. So let's do this. Let's so, jump into – go ahead, Aaron, real quick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you. I ask real quick, and then um, have y'all heard the rumored ending that they supposedly changed – you told us the rumor where she was going to phase in and take all his his historical moments. Yeah, they, they were going to accidentally kill, when they travel back in time, they were actually going to kill young Indy, and then she would have to take his place in all those adventures throughout time. Yeah, it, I mean, and they would show it. if that was the rumor, they rewrote the entire movie, because it didn't line up to be like that in the least bit. So I'm not even sure if that was well, true or... Well, well, you take the the third act or whatever where they go back in time, and I haven't seen the movie, but I know that they go back in time and encounter the Romans or, or whatever. yeah, but they set up the entire like so yeah they go to see the Romans so they would have no interaction with young Indy. The right, but if let's say they filmed a different instead of them going back to the Romans. No, because back. the rest of the movie specifically is pointing towards that moment in time with the Romans. Because it's talking I'm just about there's rumors that they reshot this movie several times. So. I get it. Yeah, I know. I heard it, and I think it would have been well, disastrous. I think what they did was is they took the they took the very solid middle ground with the ending. Yeah, because they probably did have some things. Knowing Kathleen Kennedy and how stupid they are at Lucasfilm sometimes now, there probably was some stuff that they were going to try to do, but it didn't test well. Mm-hmm. And probably Iger got in there and was like, "Fix that crap." Not Iger, but yeah. Is it Iger? Is that who's back now? Uh, well, yeah. uh, it was rumored. Yeah, but it was rumored it was Chase that you ordered okay. the reshoot. Okay, yeah. Whichever, whichever Bob. One of was, the Bobs. One of the Bobs. Whichever Bob yeah. it was. Yeah. Said yeah. fix that garbage because <laughs> the fan backlash was already starting. You cannot hide things on because of internet nowadays. No, you can't. You so can't. somebody always somebody it. did it. I didn't have a problem with the ending. No, I didn't, didn't have a problem with the ending. No. All right, so. All right, so let's do this. Let's look at the Indiana Jones franchise first okay. and talk about what is something that we think is really good, something that we think is really bad, and then the really ugly. Brian was supposed to send this in, but his hibernation, I think, has, <laughs> has, has continued. So, Aaron, let me go with you. We're talking about the Indiana Jones franchise as a whole. Is there a moment, is there a movie, or is there just something about the franchise as a whole you would consider like the good 
I think the uh, it's been a while since I've seen any of these movies, uh, but I'll, I would describe it as the third act of Last Crusade, where they're solving all the puzzles and stuff. I think it's a lot of fun. Like where they're uh, spelling out Jehovah on the ground and the invisible yeah, bridge and all the that. Yeah, the prayer. Yeah. Will get cut off and all that. I think I think all of that is is really it's just fun uh, cinema. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very memorable. I, very uh, just enjoyable. And the the whole chemistry between uh, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford is just great. Yeah, Sean Connery is fantastic. Um, I want to point to one single moment in the movies that is is great. It's a good moment and has almost become a movie trope in some ways. Uh, it's the scene where the guy is doing all the crazy sword stuff and <laughs> and and like th- what the story is is that Harrison Ford was actually sick that day didn't want to fight so they just shot it where he pulls out the sword and just shoots the guy uh, it's such a classic moment it so fits the the Indiana Jones role and really kind of fits Harrison Ford as well and, and define that character. I sat down here today while I was setting up and watched <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark again. And that scene never fails to make me laugh. Yeah. And I know it's coming. Yeah. But it's just the way it's shot. Harrison so Ford's well reaction, the look on his face after it's over, he yeah. just turns around and walks off. It's, it's, yeah, that's, that's an absolutely, yeah. and, it, and it pops up on every greatest 100 list. And it's been time. imitated so yeah. many, and like, not even like imitated that you know this is the end of Jones thing. It's just it's become like such a great scene that everybody wants to copy it in yeah. their own way. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an amazing scene. Uh you're good, John. Uh my good with Indiana Jones is and it's something that I always like in everything, Star Wars included, because I mean it's Lucasfilm. They do this good, very well in that. I like the world building. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about world building, I'm talking about not only do you have these major relationships like with Sala. Uh, you know, short round, Marcus Brody, you had these major characters that go in it, but there's all these secondary characters, all these people in his world that he knows, mm-hmm. and they've all been on these incredible adventures together, but you never get to hear what the adventure is. It's just <laughs> right. always there. One of the ones that I always think is the greatest is um, at the beginning of uh, Temple of Doom, where he's in the Obi-Wan club, and the waiter, who winds up being his friend Wuhan, shows up. And gets shot, and he says, I've, tra- I've followed you on many adventures, and I get to go into this, this one first. So that's what I like about it is all the world building, the, the sidebar storylines that you never really get to hear about in the Indiana, Indiana Jones. And stores. they did that in this one, too. Yeah. Uh, with the obviously her dad, uh, but then also uh, Antonio Banderas' character. Yeah. The greatest uh, frogman of Spain, or whatever it was. <laughs> well, they've all got that character in them, right? And I think that's something that, for me, the Crystal Skull maybe was missing. It didn't have that reference Sala yeah. type character in it, to where he's got all these he's he's got all these networked people all over the globe that he just goes to, right? And they're all outstanding, incredibly outlandish characters. But it's all part of a world building, and they never really explain where he meets them. They're just right. people he knows. Right. But I like that real in-depth world building that you get from out good. of the series. All right, so we're going to talk bad for a second. I'm going to put Shia as my bad, uh, old mutt himself. Uh, I just, I mean, I know what they wanted him to be. They wanted him to be the next Indiana Jones. And, like, there are some movies that I think he genuinely does really well in. Like, I love him in Fury. He's yeah. fantastic in that, but man, he just was not good in Indiana well, he, Jones. He, and and as, as as 
crappy as this is going to sound, he's not super bad in the Transformer movies either. No, no, he plays the the ridiculous kid or whatever, and that's, and that's fine because it fits no. it. But you're expecting somebody who's going to be an Indiana Jones to be more, I don't know, say Indiana Jones <laughs> than Shia LaBeouf was in that. Yeah, yeah, it's just ugh. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's really my bad and my ugly combined there is that mo is kind of the crystal skull moment like i love i love and i know it's kind of a pan scene but i love the refrigerator scene in crystal skull there's nothing wrong with that scene it's, 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 it's a fantastic com- it's a completely indiana jones <laughs> right. scene it's something he would do right. okay and this is and that's the part of it that makes me think people are like oh it's so ridiculous it's stupid right. have you not seen raiders <laughs> of the lost, lost art yeah have you not seen these movies i mean yeah. what movies are you watching cuz there is no realism in them yeah, I mean, he is using a bullwhip to, you know, swing across chasms and and all this craziness. Right. There's no way that anybody, except somebody that's superhuman, would ever survive some of these fistfights. <laughs> so, get off on this whole. Oh, they, they, it don't, it ain't realistic. Yeah. Now there's some things in that are stupid, and that leads right. me to my to my. All right, bad. let's hear your bad. All right, so my bad, once again, is following up with you, is the idea of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but it isn't really Shia LaBeouf in and of himself. It is the one part. Okay, I can get behind him kind of in the movies, okay? Right. Because I was watching Crystal School again a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like trying to be an apologist I think I've only watched it once. Watch it again. It's, okay. it's not the worst. But he, it, you know, his character is so over the top Marlon Brando in this. What you talk about, old man? Yeah. It, it's just like, okay, that's ridiculous and it's dumb. But the scene that is my bad is the scene where he has to swing through the jungle with the monkeys. Okay? That is yes. that has got to be one of the absolute worst scenes in the Indiana Jones series. And I know they were trying to homage Tarzan or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. what they were trying to do. Or they were trying to homage Indiana Jones where he's swinging <laughs> with his whip. It just didn't work. No. I mean, it just didn't work. And it's... And I really think, as I wrote it down here, that it's truly a race to the bottom between him and Phoebe Waller Bridge. <laughs> I, I just, I just have or Shaw uh, Bridge, yeah. the Helen Shaw character. But we can get to her. We we'll get to, we'll get to her second. when we focus on that. Aaron, let me hear your bad of the Indiana Jones franchise. Um, this was more of something that freaked me out as a kid. Uh, Temple of Doom, not. And not the heart scene. Awesome. That's pretty crazy. Is it the is it the but crocodiles? The whole no, I think the whole dinner scene where they're eating the monkey. Oh, brain. that's an amazing <laughs> scene. And oh, and now I like it. Yeah, and then the scene where all where she has to reach in to turn off the trap and all the bugs Ooh, are flying yeah, on her. Yeah. But that's got one of the that greatest. Me out as a kid. But that in of itself. Okay, you got the scene in um, Raiders of Lost Ark where he shoots the guy. One of my scenes that I, that I love in that is where she's reaching in the thing and she won't do it. And he looks at that little hoe and he's like, Willie, we are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's just the way he does it. It's he's just a, a very comedic yes. moment. Yeah. And it's just totally Harrison Ford, only person I think could pull that off. Right. But yeah, that, that scene is good. It, Temple of Doom is my favorite. Yeah. I'm a big Temple of Doom fan. Yeah, uh, So ugly. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Dial of Destiny for just a second. The CGI moment at the beginning when they're running on top of the train, John and I literally <laughs> That's laughed my- out loud at this <laughs> moment because it was so bad. I mean, and for the rest of the movie, the CGI didn't distract me. But that moment, that moment was just, 
it was like an unfinished product it, scene. It was terrible. It literally looked like a stop motion animation. Yeah. Thing. From yeah, the 70s. like a claymation. I have never seen anything that bad. How in the world that got through, I don't know, but it was garbage it's, is what it was. It's like a, it's like a five-second scene, and they're jumping from train to train, and you're like, am I watching an animation? And I think people around us could audibly hear us laughing, because we were we, we were, we were like... <laughs> Brian was like, shut up. That's my scene. I love it. Love everything. All right, Aaron, uh, what's your ugly? Um... So I don't know if you remember, there used to be a show called the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Or oh, yeah. That's yeah. what it was called. John's got a tattoo and of it. They would open and end with an old Indiana Jones. Uh, he had a <laughs> cane and he had, he had an eye patch and stuff. Yeah. And when they started airing these again on, I can't remember what streaming service they're on, uh, Disney has removed all of those scenes of old Indiana Jones. They're gone. They have edited all of those out. And I, I just, it's Disney frustrates me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would have liked, you know, for them to kind of, they don't have to directly reference that stuff in Dial of Destiny, but it'd be cool, if, you know, if he had an eye patch or this is how he lost his eye or, or they referenced it somehow, you know. I remember so, those scenes. I, I think I remember you and I watching that as a kid and I always remember Indiana Jones having an eye patch. And then, like, jumping yeah. and sliding down the staircase. I never got into the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah. I mean, I remember them being on, but it, it might just... have been the only thing we were allowed to watch. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was probably watching Knight Rider or Chips. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, what's your ugly? All right, my ugly happens to be. Let me see here. Let me find it. Okay, this is, I mean, even though I say I'm a Crystal School apologist, yeah. my ugly is Kingdom of the Crystal School. And this might be a hot take for some other people in the room. Kingdom of the Crystal School and Dial Destiny should never have been made. Mm. That's that's my that's my ugly. They were they were unnecessary. They, they were yeah they they were the they were the mud pie in the bakery, so to speak for me. Yeah, because nobody and maybe I'm maybe it's not this way with other people, but with me. I don't want to see my heroes grow old. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see them grow old. I didn't like old. I mean, old Han Solo was just kind of old Han Solo. Then he yeah. dies, and then you have this one here, and it's you know Harrison Ford, and he's creaking along, and they yeah. made a lot of references to that in the, in the Crystal Skull too. You know, it's like oh, I'm too, getting too old for this or something like that. See, I felt like he was older in Crystal Skull than he was in Dial of Destiny. See, I, I didn't feel that way. Yeah. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple <clears throat> of Doom. Last Crusade are the are absolutely right up there with the original Star Wars trilogy as the perfect trilogy. They're good. And the yeah. last one, you had Brody, you had Sala, you had Dad, and you had Indy on their horses just riding off into the sunset. And that should have been the end of it. Yeah. Because if after you make the Crystal Crystal Skull and everybody was like, Ugh, and now. I mean, it's obvious from these numbers that I'm seeing on the um, box, office. box office thing for this week. Yeah. Nobody is seeing this movie. So it's really tainting. It's the mud pies. Yeah. And so I don't think they should have been made. That's my ugly. Yeah. Because you leave I, it with I, the first three, and that yeah. just keeps everything where it was in the 80s, and people want to clamor for more. But they're like, no, nope, that's yeah. done. We're not doing it anymore. Because this just felt like I, a cash. I don't know what... Uh... Hey, I was going to say, I don't know what Lucasfilm or Kathleen Kennedy's deal is with 
the older heroes are not allowed to be happy. They have to be divorced. Their kids have to either be dead or turned against them or, or whatever. Well, it's I, just, I heard a, um, I heard a, um, or read an interview about that a couple of days ago when I was trying to prep a little bit for this. And they came up with this idea, Lucasfilm, that basically Indiana Jones's life had been so charmed that he needed and deserved tragedy. And so that's why they did what they did with his son. That's why they, what they did what they did with Needs his tragedy. With his Needs, nobody can be that happy. John. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's that kind of that that kind of woke mentality you have a lot of times in things. So oh, it's like, well, he needs to know what pain and suffering is. Why? But if they had stopped at a uh, last crusade, we'd never had to worry yeah. about it. All right. So real quick, John and I are going to give a real quick good, bad, and ugly of. Dial of Destiny, because I know we're running a little bit low on time, and we still want to talk about the box office real quick. So, Aaron, you can just kick back for a second and listen to John and I talk about the movie that you refuse to see. Uh, my good, and I, I mentioned this earlier, was Harrison Ford. I feel like he was really trying to sell it and, and really make this movie happen. Uh, what was your good, John? Uh, storyline was good. Had a good storyline. Yeah. Had a good storyline. Um, it seemed to be, um, it was a regular Indiana Jones adventure. I felt the story was rushed with a lot of time uh, filling, filled with chase scenes. Yeah, there was a lot of chase scenes. Didn't need scenes. that. Yeah. And I like the premise. Yeah. I had no problem with it. I like the ideal of you had this you had this Indiana Jones who in no movie, any of the other movies, he never gets what he what he desires, but he always gets what he needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the type things is I think I stole that from somebody else. So it wasn't just that wasn't me. I, I felt like the the ugly for me was him wanting to stay back in time was a little out of character to me. Maybe it was the blood loss, though, that was kind of getting to him. <laughs> but I just felt like him being the archaeologist and wanting to preserve that moment just struck me as odd. Well, it kind of runs up with... It kind of runs <clears throat> up with what everybody's always theory is about time travel. It's like, well, you can really screw this up. Yeah. And she said that. But anyway, that's my good. Yeah. I like the story. I like the story. I thought the yeah. story was a great story. I felt that they didn't spend enough time on the time... Uh, the time travel premise yeah. of it, and spent way too much time doing other things. All the setup, yeah, There's a lot of setup, a lot of setup for yeah. not a whole lot of payoff. But I like, I like the premise. If it well, had been a I, bit I said story. my, I said my ugly staying in time. What's your ugly, real quick? Uh, my ugly is the CGI at the beginning. I <laughs> uh, running across the top of that train was just yeah. it was just horrible. It made me laugh. We laughed yeah. and we yeah. laughed and we laughed about it. I don't know if Brian laughed about it, but we did. Um, I think the de-aging technology has come a long way. Yeah, as I said here. Yeah, uh, but there is still a lot to be desired in it. It looked good. It was almost convincing when they pulled it when they pulled the hood off his face at the very beginning. That was a total Indiana. Jo- now, in its defense, that whole first ten or fifteen minutes section was an Indiana Jones adventure. It was. I mean, that was a complete was good. Indiana Jones adventure. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah, but then there was parts of the they give him a couple more years. I'm not saying that they should. I'm not saying that you should uh, completely poo-poo the ideal of having the um, uh, de-aging. Yeah. But give it a couple more years, and they're going to have it spot on. But there was one scene that really threw me out was when the bomb comes through the building, and he's hanging from his neck, and he falls, and he hits the ground, and he kind of goes forward. And when he pulls back, it was like the CGI and him didn't quite make (laughs) it. Sink up there. Didn't sink up there for a couple, just milliseconds. But it was enough to be like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, let me talk about the bad, Aaron. Let me let me bring you back in here for a second, Aaron. Aaron, how familiar familiar are you with Phoebe Waller Bridge? 
only know of her from this movie, uh, just not people to have described her. I know that she's on some show called Fleabag, and yeah. she's, she writes a lot of stuff for her. Um, so it's just kind of the end thing right now. If I could say the bad about this movie, it was the first thing I said when we left the movie theater. She has way too many teeth. <laughs> I don't know. It was so distracting for me at times. Like, I just didn't realize. And I know this sounds way shallow and whatever. But I, it was it was distracting at times. Genuinely, I could not stop looking at her teeth. Every scene she was in. Because I just didn't know how she fit all of those in there. <laughs> But I mean, this may be your bad, but I actually felt like she wasn't terrible in the movie overall. It is my bad. <laughs> Go ahead, it John. Is my bad. Yeah. Um, my bad. Phoebe Waller Bridger, all the way. <laughs> uh, there are thousands upon thousands of good actresses out there, and they could have picked anybody to play that part that would have played it. I think the role, I think she was awful in the role. I haven't seen her anything else. I don't want to watch anything else she's in now. <laughs> but the, but it wasn't even really that. The character, I thought, and maybe if it had been written a little bit different, it would have been better. Better. But I think I thought the character was awful. She was just, I mean, to be honest with you, the character was an awful person. She was. She was she not was, a good a, person. She was a horrible person. She was not heroic in any way, mm. shape, or form. I mean... She had. Um, she, she wasn't funny. She almost killed a kid. Yeah, and like I said in here, she continually contributed to the delinquency of a minor uh, no. with his faux stash that he was wearing. <laughs> um, the scene that really was like you schmuck was the one in they were on the boat and he steals like the guy's wallet or something, and she's like, mm, "Good job," you know. I was like, "This, this is there's nothing redeemable in this character," <laughs> and even to the end of the movie, they don't redeem her. No, I mean she rescues him out of time. That that's the There's, redeeming moment. She 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 knocks some sense into him. Well, and they kind of want to make her into this swashbuckler. Yeah, but she wound up just looking like just an average uh, right-in well, con man. Well, if she, she was. was if she was supposed to be the next Indiana Jones, if I'm just saying if yeah. that's not Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones isn't a crook, for lack of better words. Well, and which, which is what they portrayed her to be just a con artist. And I know we always want to talk about mansplaining, yeah. but she spent a lot of the movie young-splaining. Young-splaining. That's what I've been calling it, young-splaining. <laughs> she spent a lot of the movie trying to young-splain to, to Indiana Jones, and he's like, okay, he's the, the, the preeminent archaeologist of yeah. his day, and you're, you're young-splaining him all this stuff, like he doesn't yeah. understand what's going on in the world just because he's old he's old you know yeah. so that, those type of things yeah the character that was the that was the fair one enough. thing fair enough oh it was fair horrible enough. i mean see do i have it look i mean i wrote it I, I saw I that a you wrote like a dissertation on it aaron uh final thoughts on the indiana jones aaron to put a bow on everything let me hear what you would like to say hold on one second i think we need to oh we sorry one second aaron uh, there, was, there was a lot of screaming going on. Yeah, say. go ahead, Aaron. Final thoughts on Indiana Jones. Oh, sorry. I just wish they gave this character a better send-off. I mean, this is clearly the last one that will feature Harrison Ford. Last and That's what John said. <laughs> he deserves better. Yeah. John, final thoughts? You know. Uh, on, uh, let's just, see, Destiny. Just, just Indiana Jones in general. Indiana Jones in general did not deserve the ending he got. Wow. That um, okay. the board. should have been ended at um at Last Crusade and those two last two movies should have never been made. Yeah. Uh Helena Shaw, the character Wombat. was an absolute Wombat. and that was a dumb name too. But <laughs> 
that that was the ruining part of that movie. Yeah. That was Shia LaBeouf spending <laughs> spending all his time swinging through a jungle on a vine for the entire movie. Yeah. I mean, it was and it was too long. It Good was it was night. so long. That tricycle motorcycle chase scene. chase lasted an hour <laughs> and it just didn't go anywhere. So yeah, it was. Um, but it, in closing, John, at least we got to see Harrison Ford punch another Nazi. Yeah. Anytime you see him punch Nazis, I mean, that was that was cool. Yeah. And I got to give it up for the first 10 minutes. The first turn 15 minutes, minutes was awesome. It's like the Bumblebee movie. The, uh, great, the great Transformer I told, mini movie. I told Carla when I got home, with all the technology you have now, and you know that they, they make live cartoons that look realistic that way. Mm-hmm. Let's just start making some some straight to Disney Plus CGI made movies like yeah. that, where you can use a young Indiana Jones because you mm-hmm. got his voice, yeah, and bring back all these characters, but put them in. You know, it could be a cartoon, <clears throat> another new adventure. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be amazing. I'd watch it. I yeah. love those that style of, of animation. Yeah, love it. Yeah. All right, John, bring us home tonight with the box office top five. All right, so this is the top five uh, for let's see, July six, twenty uh, ninth through the six. 29th, June 29th to July 6th. I, All right. See here. We got this. Aaron, I know you were thrilled about the box office considering you hate movies now. Well, actually, I, I, I follow it pretty closely. So go ahead. Okay. All right. Hang on. I'm, I'm, technical difficulties here. That's all right. It's all right. I got it. All right. Here it is. So, top five. Number five, No Hard Feelings, bringing in a gross total of 35 million. Oh, that's the Jennifer Lawrence movie. That's the Jennifer movie, Lawrence movie, yes. Which I heard that if, there, if you like... There's an amazing fight scene on the beach. Well, I know I've heard that too. I mean, here's the thing about that movie: it looks like a total throwback to your '90s, '80s raunch comedy. And if that's your if that's your jam, I think you probably would really like this movie. Like the previews legitimately have a couple of funny moments in it. And I think my thought: I think that she. She's kind of made for that type of role and personality. Like I think she she does well in it. I haven't seen it. Uh, I probably won't see it unless it comes on TBS one day or something like that. Because then I can actually watch it and not have to go wash my eyes out afterwards. But um, I I understand the appeal of the movie. If it stands to reason, this is the end of her. You think so? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You said no, no. No, we said you said the Zendaya movies. I said, movies yeah, I said erotic thrillers. Yeah, so now raunch companies are also the end of. Yeah, they could be. They could be, but they they weren't for Cameron Diaz when she did um, something about Mary. Yeah. So yeah. all right, who am I? Number four. All right, number four, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Good movie. Bringing in a gross total. I'm going to do gross totals because I don't trust these weekly domestic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Three hundred and forty-nine million six hundred and forty-eight thousand three hundred two dollars. That's a Probably been one of the most successful movies that's, of the year, that and Guardians. Um, Elemental coming in Mario. at number three, Mario. bringing in $2 million. And this is killing, these are killing Disney because it's only made $99 million overall. <laughs> it's only made $99 million. That's, that's the, yeah. That's the, the thing about Elemental there. is when I saw that first preview, I said to myself, man, that movie's going to be awful. Like, there was no appeal whatsoever to see that movie. Okay. And I know we talked about that last week, Aaron. I don't, I don't know if you have thoughts about Elemental, but I know it's Disney, so I'm sure you've probably created voodoo dolls and stuff. But <laughs> uh, Number two? Uh, it's worldwide box office. is $195 million. That's total what's made around the world. It's got to make 
400 million at least to break even. It ain't gonna do that. <laughs> no, right away. Oh uh, gosh. Number two, I don't know what this is. It's it's number two this it's number two this week. Uh, the Sound of Freedom. Uh, it's it's a Christian Angel Studios. It's it's a it's Christian. A, oh. It's a Christian it's a based true movie. story uh, where Jim Caviezel is. It's about a child trafficking. True story. It's supposed to be an excellent film. Um, Former thriller. government agent turned vigilante. Well, but anyways, it kind of goes to show where we are in the world when a um, Christian-based movie is number two at the box office this week. What did it? What did it? I know you don't. It's wanna... got a. It's got a total gross right now of twenty-one million nine hundred eighty-seven thousand, which is not bad for one for on, a movie. The the budget on Tuesday. Go ahead. For, for Tuesday's uh, box office on Tuesday, it beat Indiana Jones to the theater. So it's not bad. Either. Yeah, it only had a budget of fourteen million dollars, and it's already surpassed it. Well, and get, yeah, given that it's only shown in two thousand six hundred theaters around huh. the world, is not or around the country, not bad. Interesting. And number one, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, but that's not saying much. It has made a total. Are you ready? I think this movie. I think this movie was three hundred million. Hold on, hold on, Aaron. Are, have you read this already, Aaron? What it's already made? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me take a guess. I'm gonna say it's been out for how long? A week. A hundred and seventy-five million. You are way high. Really? Uh, according to this, the total gross is ninety-four million dollars oh for that gosh. movie. They are absolutely getting destroyed. <laughs> so, anyways, there's your top five box is, office for this it's week. Currently, currently worldwide, one hundred sixty-four million. Um, That's but, worldwide, though. <laughs> yeah, but the budget was three hundred twenty million before advertising. So, if they got the theater cuts, the other countries cut, it needs to make about a billion dollars. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's crazy! I didn't realize it was that that bad. Oh my gosh! All right, well, yeah, wow, Disney's really stinking it up here lately. I don't don't know what this is. And it's also come out that uh, Disney has been lying about their budget, so that's probably not even the real budget. It came out that The Force Awakens cost about five hundred million. 500 million for the force of, it was all those spaceships at the end all those uh i don't know all the what were they uh <laughs> remember there was just like eight billion imperial star destroyers oh the first one. Oh, the first one they spent all the first money on bb8 <laughs> all right well probably so that was an actual yeah i know all right well we're out of here check us out wherever you listen to the podcast i am sorry brent Ryan will catch you at Disney World's players and Aaron. Aaron. Uh, stay tuned for the much spinoff in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, wow. Yikes. <laughs> He's messed up. You. All right, Aaron. Well, I'll call you back here in a minute.